If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. Welcome, listeners, to the Coffee Foreclosures podcast fueled by Colab Agents. Uh, we are going to hop right in here. I have a special guest and a, and a special friend of ours and mine that we've been working with, uh, Jason, here for years. Uh, but more than business, we're good buddies. We definitely have alignments and values, core values, what and how we do things. Uh, so I got Jason Scott here. He is with Cross Country Mortgage, the task force mortgage team. Uh, they are running a national operation, literally coast to coast, and absolutely just dominating the VA space. So, you know, anytime I introduce him, I'm just literally say he's you know the top or one of the top VA lenders in the entire country, um, and he's done that from a place of serving and passion because he himself was in the military, and we're going to dive into what that career and story looked like, and then how essentially he was able to take that life in that world because again it's a it's a it's a life that you live and it's a separate journey in life and how you were able to take that and the skills and the and the lessons that you learned there bring it to the civilian world and absolutely you know create a multi-million dollar life business to where you are you know serving and helping millions of veterans across the country so without further ado i'm welcoming you jason scott cross-country mortgage here welcome aboard my friend how are you doing Thanks, Mel. I always love your energy, man. Like, uh, you know, here we are Saturday morning, just getting back from a trip. Uh, yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to share. You know me. I, yes. Very passionate. Love what I do. Um, you know, I always get told that uh, I, I've, I've never been accused of not thinking big. In fact, I, I get told that I think too big sometimes. Right. But uh, one of my good friends once told me, he goes, it takes the same amount of energy to think big as it does to think small. So you're right on track. Right. So yep. um, that's just always the way it's been. You know, um, you know, I always, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I've been an entrepreneur at heart most of my life. Um, and part of that comes from, you know, my meager beginnings, you know, um, our family was, you know, pretty poor. Um, the eldest of four boys. Uh, I had to work when I, at a very young age um, to help support the family. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have your typical after-school job to go, you know, to the mall or do, you know, silly shit. That was to help bring money in to to help make sure we had clothes on myself and my three younger brothers and you know, food on the table and all that stuff, right? So, um, and then. You know, when I was, uh, I would say uh, about 18, 19, I started my own mobile detailing shop, auto detailing shop, where I would pick up vehicles, you know, from realtors and stuff. And then that led to corporate accounts with like the state police and all that stuff. Uh, but went through a real nasty divorce. And a lot of people don't know this. I started my military career in the National Guard. Um, and back then it was just, it was a different animal. Um, what people don't understand is the National Guard is about one one to one, almost the same size as the active duty now, um, and gets called on a lot of uh, real world missions, not just state missions. 
Uh, but back then, you know, it wasn't uncommon that your chain of command was someone that you actually interacted with on a daily basis through normal business. Right. And my battalion commander at the time was also my divorce attorney. And uh, as you well know, I'm a pretty intense individual. Um, and he didn't necessarily use the words passion, but he's like, Jay, um, you may want to think about going active duty for a couple of years to refocus some of your energy. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Next thing you know, 20 years later, I retire out of the army. Right. So, um, I, I took to the, to the army, like a duck takes the water. Um, my competitive nature, um, always wanting to be better, um, getting to that next rung and then bringing those up with me. Um, that's what I really enjoyed about the leadership portion of, you know, attaining, uh, the different levels of leadership. You know, I retired as a Sergeant first class, a senior non-commissioned officer, um, and, uh, loved every minute of it. Right. I mean, seeing some great stuff, seeing some, some crazy stuff and, and some not so crazy stuff. Right. But, uh, it helped shape and formed who I am as a person to this day. And it also definitely shaped and formed how I conduct business, um, how we build our teams, um, and, and how we build our future leaders, uh, within our own company. Right. So, yep. um, so yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people will always ask me like, dude, what makes you different than, you know, 10,000 plus, you know, other VA lenders out there. And I, I don't, I don't like to say that I'm different. I just, I think I'm unique. Right. I, I always say God broke the mold with me. There's, there's no way this earth could handle two of me. Um, you know, because I am very intense and I'm very direct and that does definitely comes from my leadership side serving in the army, but I'm not afraid to call a spade a spade. I'm definitely not afraid to give you the shirt off my back. Um, I don't go looking for trouble, um, but if it finds me, I make sure I finish it. Right. So um, the main difference is full transparency, always under promise and over deliver. Right. Um, and, you know, we always talk about uh, we're going to tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, but by doing that, you know, again, it goes into that full transparency and says, look, I know this is not what you wanted to hear. However, this is where we're at. This is where you want to go. And this is how we get there. And if you're willing to put in the work, I will show you the plan. And if you execute the plan, you're going to ultimately accomplish what you're trying to do. Um, and that goes for whether it's clients or referral partners that I work with or uh, my own teammates, right? As, as we're trying to build and scale what their dreams are, right? So it's, it's very... Um, replicatable and it's scalable, right? That's the big thing, right? Anything in business, yep. you be able to replicate it and scale it, right? So um, I think that's the main difference is you, you get what you get with me. And I know that, you know, probably 10%, maybe 15% of the people I meet probably aren't going to connect with me and that's okay. Um, they will respect me and I respect them. Um, and they always know that even if we don't work together, they can always come back and ask questions, no harm, no foul, and I'll be more than happy to help right? It's just about doing what's right, period. You know, it's yep. knowing where that line in the sand is and you're like, we're just not going to cross it, right? We're, we're going to do it the right way. So. For sure. I think so. We, we got started in Hawaii and I think the one thing that I always enjoyed working with you that you bring a different element and it sounds crazy. It's just because uh, we're both in quote unquote, the sales industry. But when we were coming from Hawaii and we did things a certain way. And you always did things a certain way to where it's not sales. It's, and I always say it's advising. And that's the one thing I think getting into, into, you know, Colorado, Texas, Florida, and, and some of these States, you know, on the state side, mainland, 
Um, you know, I think when you're looking at all the, the 10,000 other VA lenders or VA agents out there, it just, it was, they're so salesy. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where just, you're like, dude, what are you trying to sell me? Like, and it, it's, you know I what I mean? We were very fortunate because by learning how to do business in Hawaii, being so geographically, uh, you know, remote, right? Um, the transaction, as I say in air quotes, is not just a transaction, it's a relationship. So you really learn relationship building and providing value to people. Where one of the things that I've noticed, you know, on the mainland, it's the exact opposite. Everything's very, very transactional. And so by starting in Hawaii and bringing that, um, whether you call it a skill set or style to the mainland, it, it's weird because people here are like, I'm not used to that. Holy cow. Like they, you know, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, look, I'm not a, a blank checkbook, right? I want a relationship. You should want a relationship because, you know, in the military, um, you know, being in the army, having different levels of leadership, uh, we always did it in a way that, um, you, you find out what you test your metal all the time. You always find out what you can accomplish by just throwing the worst at you. Right. And I like working with people that understand that, you know, you want a, a battle buddy, someone that's in your foxhole, uh, that's willing to go through the muck and mud, right? It's easy, uh, you know, to say, Hey, yeah, we kicked ass, you know, this month, but it's not so easy to be as motivated when, um, when people would say learning blocks or stumbling blocks, which I call opportunities and then take it from there, you know, um, and, and learn and, and move forward. Right. So I, I think we were very blessed to actually start our careers in Hawaii and then transition to the mainland. Cause it's just made us that much stronger here in the mainland. And the crazy part is, is you're starting to see more people adapt to that style. Like you said, we don't really sell, um, we educate and we build a relationship. That's really what it is. I mean, you said at the top of the show, you know, yeah, we've worked together, what, geez, I think nine years now. Um, but I mean, we go, we go shooting, you know, we, 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 we do archery, we, we do stuff with family, right? Like, so it's, that's just the way it rolls. <laughs> so. I definitely like the progression of going from pro and con. Cause I, I think when, when we kind of came into, you know, Colorado and stuff too, it's, you're on an island. And so there's pros and cons with being on, on an island to where, you know, some of these, you know, the number one team at Coldwell Banker, you know, that joins EXP that, you know, can, you know, about you just in Hawaii, you're like, I don't know that person. You know what I mean? Like we just yeah. kind of had our own little world there, but you're absolutely right. But I mean, think about it. Think about the, the same thing, you know, on Oahu, you know, there's about between five and 6,000 agents. And, you know, there's only really about a hundred of them that do 90% of the business. Right. Then you come to the mainland, that number of agents exponentially increases. And you're right, because being in Hawaii, you're able to figure out, okay, I know who's who and, and who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. Where here, because it's so transactional, it, it's a little bit of a learning curve to figure out, okay, is this the right person? Is this the right fit for our team? Is this something that is actually going to be a good fit for our, our mutual clients? Right. So that's a little bit of a yep. but once you find that it's, I mean, dude, likes go with likes, right? Um, I, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, and it's, it's, you know, like in markets today, right? There's people that I've been talking to my peers, um, your peers that are talking about like, oh man, it's just horrible. I've had a horrible 2022, the 23 isn't looking much better. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, you know, yeah, there is a reduction in volume per se, but business is still strong. I mean, people are still buying and selling homes. 
but they're doing it with people that they know, like, and trust. And if you're a transactional person, I think that's where in this type of market, you're going to have serious problems where if you're a relationship based type uh, or an advisor, right. Um, and you, you educate, that's where the cream rises to the top. Right. And, and I, I love markets like this. I, I, I live for these type of markets because I do believe that we're one of the top folks in the industry. Um, and that, and that's for a reason, right? So. Yeah. And I think you said it there too, cause um, you know, I think I'm in one of our business planner tr trainings that you kind of came in and talked about, you always talked about going deep, you know what I mean? Not just wide, but kind of going deep. Like what, what does that mean for you and your business? And, and like, how does that differentiate from again, the transactional broker that you're talking about? Well, it, it, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? When I say go deep, it's relationship building. I mean, Dale, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people, right? Be actually engaged and want to know more about the people that you're working for and working with, right? Um, you know, we all have core values um, and the people that I work with, we have the similar or same core values, right? So, and those are the type of people that I want to work with. Now, I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just saying, hey, I'm at a point in my career to where one, I can't stand drama or negativity. That's just not who I am. And I definitely can't stand a victim mindset. So when I go deep, I want to know what makes a person tick. You know, are you willing to go through the muck and mud with me? Right. As well as enjoy, you know, the rewards that come with it. Right. So uh, that's really what it is. I mean, you know, we have a mutual friend, Rylan, who's, you know, he's a broker, right? Mm -hmm. um, to this day, we're still really good buddies. We bounce ideas off each other. His business model works great for him. Uh, and he, you know, my, mine works great for me, but it's very similar in the way that, you know, we, we get relational, right? We, we want to truly know the people that we work with, right? It's more than just sending a Christmas card at Christmas time saying, thanks, man. It's been great working with you this year. No, like, let's go do things together. Let's like, you know, what, what makes you, you, right? So it's, I, I guess I just don't have the right definition of what going deep is other than just saying, I want to get, I, I want a true relationship. I want to. Um, you know, that person's part of my family, basically, right? They're, they're my brother, sister, whatever, right? Like it's, that's, that's the difference. And I, it's literally people I work with and people I work for. That's just the way that we roll. So. For sure. As you kind of like look at your entire military career, which, you know, you deployed what, 14 oh, times? Yeah. How many? <laughs> I've got multiple deployments to both Iraq and Afghanistan, but quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I guess as you look back and you're standing from where you are now and you look back at your entire military career, what is like the greatest lesson that you think you learned or gained from that experience? Wow. Um, I think the biggest lesson from that that I actually, I use today is you're not this, I am not the smartest person always in the room, <laughs> right? Yep. So, um, you know, as a leader, um, in the army, you're expected to make decisions, uh, that affect the lives of many folks. Right. Um, and you can't be indecisive, right? However, you have to have, you have to understand tactical pause and tactical patience, but at the same time have, <clears throat> uh, you can't be indecisive, right? You have to be able to make decision. And if you make that decision and it's the wrong one, well, it's just the wrong one for that time. Then you're able to you get feedback. You know, or and, and feedback comes in many forms, right? It could be direct action, it could be from other folks. Yep. But then boom, you're able to, to pivot 
you know, because people love using that term, uh, and 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 course correct and, and go forward, right? So I think that, that that definitely relates into the business mode, right? Because there's so many people that have like this perfectionist mindset, saying, "Okay, I can't release this or I can't do that until it's perfect." But by the time you get it to where you think it's perfect, that opportunity has already passed by, and then the parameters have changed again. So now you, you're giving something that's no longer relevant, right? So I think uh, realistically, you know, uh, and I, I don't want to say you ever want to do something to a 90% solution, but a lot of times when you get to that 85, 90% solution, you know, it's good enough to go with, and then you refine, right? We always talk about making small tweaks for big peaks where a perfectionist mindset is more about trying to, to fix the, you know, like Mount Everest and you just can't do that. Right. So you got to do yep. one step at a time. So that's, that was my biggest lesson is just learning to be decisive and knowing that I need to surround myself with people that may be smarter than me in certain areas. Like I'm the best at what I do, but you have other subordinate leaders or peers, just like in the business world, you have referral partners or business partners, uh, your teammates, you know, bottom or top down, bottom up development is what we talk about. Not all good ideas come from the top. A lot of times they come from the bottom, the sides, you name it. So understanding that having perspective um, that's how the two have always tied together. Right. For sure. Uh, and I, okay. To go into this, cause I'm going to apply this to the business world. And so I think you could probably relate to this. Like when you, so I come from a blessed family in terms of like, it's a, you know, not wealthy, but a great family unit, mom, dad, brothers, sisters. I look at that and like, I'm like, I was super blessed to have, you know, just a good family. But I, you know, I had to set out on my own. Like it was very yeah. traditional 18 year out go Don't, like, call me, call me if you're in the middle of a burning house. And so, you know, I think coming from there, it's when you, when you come from more humble beginnings, you know, and not handed everything mm-hmm. and you build this world, this financial world, this financial picture, this business and it, it kind of feels, I don't know if it felt the same. It feels high stakes. Cause I remember like being in, in a, in a situation where I'm at a company, I'm like, I, I know I, you know, you have to move. You're like, I've reached ceilings here. I'm going to have to pivot, move, shift, shake shit up. And, but it's high stakes. Cause you're like, all right, well I've, I've made six figures or multiple six figures here. Yeah. And you, t- in order to, to make those exactly what you said, decisive decisions, you have to be willing to basically put it on the line to where I was like, I know this is not going to get me where I want to be in life. Decision. Boom. So, I mean, let's, let's go there with you because it's like, you know, you started at a company, you know, you start having success there and then you're like, this ain't it, or I've hit a ceiling. I've got, and boom, decision time. So like walk us through a couple of your decisions, where you were at, where you were struggling. Cause it's like, I remember Nisa and I, before a huge decision, we usually would go on like a, five day vacation. Cause we're like, shit's about to get real. Walk us through some of those decisions, those may major points where you're like, Hey, I was here. I did this. Some of the struggles that you faced and get us to where you are now. And then we'll dive into that. Yeah. So, you know, started, uh, with the first company. I, I don't know if we can, I mean, I still have a great relationship with the first company at the corporate level and the, the folks that are there. Um, I, I say colors, you know, I say white and blue company, just whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, uh, uh, the company was great. Uh, and 
you know, I will always be thankful for the opportunity to start at that local leadership level there, um, that branch within that company. Um, and you're right. I hit, you know, in this industry, typically it takes someone about six to nine years before they see the, uh, success that I saw in less than three. Right. Um, and because of the way I'm wired, I'm always trying to get to that next rung. What's the next level. And then how do I bring people up to where I'm at and keep going? Right. Cause that's how you build. Like if you try to do it on yourself, there's only one you and there's only 24 hours in a day. That's, that's just not sustainable. Uh, you know, had a conversation with that, the local leadership, uh, they said, Hey, if you do ABC and XYZ, yep, we can help support you do what you want to do. And then of course my wife, that's someone that I value, obviously, uh, her, her business is everything, right? She's my wife of 14 years coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, she was smart enough to tell them like, Hey, when you say this to Jay, you've got to give him a timeline because that's, that's how I operate, right? Like you give me the mission when it needs to be done by, I will make it happen. So they said, okay, if you can do this within the next year, Boom. So I was like, all right, well, within about four and a half, five months of that, I smashed every single goal that they set out, uh, created a team that was generating more than 50% of the overall revenue for that particular branch. And they decided to pivot and they wanted to open up another location. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Decided to have a conversation with them about it. And I just said, Hey, you know, what we talked about earlier in the year, Here's where we're at. I've literally hit every benchmark. Do you have the confidence in with me to become like basically like a partner to really grow this? And his response was like, Jay, you know, yeah, you've done great. However, I've had a change of heart um, and I just don't I just don't want to have to compete against you. So he was looking at me as direct competition versus someone that was going to help grow his brand and do it together. And that really bugged me because one, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't take it back. No, no, no take backs. Right. So then of course I, you know, reached out to my business partner. I was like, look, dude, it doesn't look like we're going to get what they were promising. What do you think? And at that time we were being heavily recruited by other companies and we, we passed on, we, we do told polite, like, Hey, we appreciate it. We're, we're set what we're doing. He's like, well, let's reach out to the one that we, we thought about that we wanted to join. And, and I called them and said, Hey, look, it looks like the picture's changed. Um, We'd like to have a conversation again to see if this opportunity is available because it's in line with what we're trying to build. And their response was like, we'll fly out there tomorrow. Now keep in mind, we were in Hawaii, they were in Chicago and they're like, we'll be there tomorrow. Right. So that impressed us because that we weren't, we didn't feel like we had the value that we knew that we had mm -hmm. from our current location, nor the opportunity to grow it the way that we wanted to. But yet this outside company was like, we see your vision. We want, we want to be a part of that. And they flew out and, um, had a conversation, of course, brought my wife back in and she's like, yeah, if you set it up certain this way, I think you could do very well. So then we, we pivoted and, and left the previous, the first company and then went to the red company. Right. And had a great six year run there. We, um, however, when we made that pivot, like you said, it's high stakes. We were at the top of the game at the first company. And then because we were still fairly new in the industry, we didn't know about downturns. <laughs> so we moved. Yep to a new company in the next two years were very valuable learning experiences because we went into a downturn where we saw a reduction in volume plus new branding. And because we were so new in the industry, a lot of our business partners that we worked with, they knew that we could perform at the previous place, but they weren't as willing to take a chance on us that first year because they didn't know this new company and 
they, they loved us as solid people, but at the same time it was, you know, so that was a definite learning, learning point there. Right. Um, we got through it. And by the third year, we're, we're even higher than we were at the, the previous place. And then just started going crazy. Right. At that point, um, it was about October of 21, the CEO uh, of that company reached out to me and said, Hey, Jay, I, I, I've been looking to hire someone, but I think you're the best fit. And I want you to have the job if you want it. And that was to take over as a director of just VA lending for all of their companies because they had multiple companies. And I said, okay, I'm still going to produce though. I just won't produce at such a high level because a lot of my time is going to be spent trying to build this to move the needle everywhere. And uh, took the position and within four months, then we head into <laughs> the current downturn that we're in now, right? Yep. And so what was weird is they had such a successful three-year run uh, and coming from him, you know, his mouth was like, Hey, I'm going to support you. I know we're going to do this. So we started a six week coaching series, right? I got in with marketing and said, okay, the marketing's crap. You're not speaking the language. You know, we need to speak to our veterans the way that we speak and, and literally completely revamped it. And during that year showed them 6% growth in volume across all their companies in that one particular loan product where their other loan products were anywhere from 15 to 35% loss, right? Yeah. So, um, which was huge. Um, but however, just like all good things come to an end, um, we had a disagreement in compensation and value and worth. Um, I knew what we were worth, what we had done. Um, they s didn't agree. Um, so then, which led to where we're at now, having a discussion um, with the CEO of Cross Country, and they've actually been recruiting me for a couple of years. I just kind of turn them down because when I'm in something, I'm all in. I don't even think about, you know, I'm focused. Let's get it done. Right. And I was just like, I, I don't need these distractions. I love what we're doing. You know, things are good. Well, then once they hit me with that, um, you know, like they felt like they could have done it on their own. I'm like, well, evidence is kind of the contrary. Um, it isn't kind of, it is. Uh, it, it, it bugged me and it bugged my business partner as well. And, so when we met with the CEO here, I was like, look, I don't, I don't want to spend the rest of my life building other people's castles. The next step for us is truly having our own thing. And he was like, look, if you come on board, you can do what you want to do. You're obviously also going to help me. And within two years, you could be your own company as a DBA underneath us. And honestly, we were at a crossroads. You know, we were thinking, all right, do we go to another correspondent? Or do we just go the broker route, right? Do the model that our friend Rylan was doing. And in a downturn market, you know, you've got to have a lot of assets and reserves um, to go that way, which we do. But then if you have the assets and reserves, then you're not really going to be able to tap into that to grow your brand, right? So coming over here, getting that support um, from the CEO to, to, to drive our vision um, and build, you know, the task force mortgage team to where eventually within two years we'll be just task force mortgage. Um, that was like the best of both worlds. And, you know, it's, it's just weird. Like, so I, I don't have anything bad to say about previous companies. They were, those were all part of what got us to here and they were learning opportunities. So when people ask me, they, they think about wanting to join us now, I ask them, okay, well, what kind of originator are you? Are you someone that relies on a drip? That where someone's got to feed you all the time or are you someone that's innovative do you like to go out there and, and create your own 
lead gen or do you like to work with business partners and do that together? And, and that really helps me determine like, hey, you know what? I think you'll be a great fit for us. Or, hey, you know what? You may be better just working at ABC company because that's going to probably be a better fit for your model and your your mindset. And it's not a bad thing. It's just saying, you know, it's not that we don't like it. It's just, unfortunately, you're probably not a fit for what we do right now. Right. So, yep. but you're absolutely right. Every decision, you have that pucker factor. Like, okay, am I, am I doing the right thing? Um, but, you know, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson said it best, right? I wake up every day back against my wall or the wall against my back and I've got no choice but to move forward. And, you know, I'm not always going to make the right decision. However, I'm going to make a decision. We're going to move forward. We'll learn from that decision. And then, you know, we'll keep growing and scaling at that point. So hopefully that answered your question. That was a pretty long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, you know, and real estate teams, because I've been talking to like some team leaders across the country in the last couple of months. Um, they're set up very similar yep. in terms of like a lending operation. Um, and I think the biggest thing shifts, pivots um, to where, you know, you're definitely seeing volatile markets shifting ups and downs. This is where businesses are made because it's like, you know, home flippers for the last 10 years were, you know, every single person that flipped a home was God's gift to home flipping. And now it's like, oh, whoa, you know, margins, profitability, you know, expenses, OPEX, things that you didn't really track or know the last 10 years, you better know it now. And same thing that, that you guys are seeing now, I think all of us is. Hey, when you are actually fortified in this market, you're going to crush and destroy. So I know we got a couple minutes left. Um, I want to hear your take on how AI and technology is changing the industry and how you're utilizing that to essentially crush. Um, and then we'll we'll wrap up there. You know, geez, yeah. Uh, AI, you know, I, I use two platforms, ChatGPT and Jasper, right? They, they two completely different. Well, I mean, they're, they're similar. They're AI driven programs, but... Uh, you know, and you know me, I'm an introvert, honestly, every, they're like, no way, Jay, you're an introvert. I'm like, yes, uh, this is my adaptive trait that you see that I do for business. But honestly, I'm just as happy hanging out at home with the family, like, and friends, right? Like I, I don't, but you have to be on social media, you have to be engaged and you have to understand how the different social media platforms work. And like I said, I am not the smartest guy in the room. So I try to surround myself with either a people or systems that will help make me smarter and leverage those to where I can accomplish what I need to do. So chat GPT is great for creating ideas. Like I can take ideas in my head and say, okay, you are this, I'm going to give you that, create what I want to see. And then I can tweak it. Right. And then um, a lot of people would just stop there and they'll just copy and paste. Well, then I, I, I look at it and I say, okay, how is this, how do I make it sound like me? Right. Um, everything from, you know, like talking about providing on-demand webinars. You know, I do seminars all over the place, but again, that's not necessarily cost effective, but where I can do an on-demand webinar, not just from behind the computer, but literally like a live seminar that I've done has been professionally recorded and then provide that value to someone at their fingertips. Then you look at Jasper and what I love about Jasper is it'll take your current social media profiles. It, it researches you, sees what you do, and then it gets more of your voice to help you create content based off of what you're trying to do. So it's a good blend. I, I can take what I asked chat GPT to do, put that information in Jasper and it'll create a completely different product, but it'll be more in my voice specifically for social media. So I think 
if you're not leveraging social media, if you, if you don't have your own voice, if you don't, if you're not out there, um, you're going to be left in the dust, right? Like people, I mean, just think about it. This is the most powerful thing that we have in our hands since, you know, the fifties, right? Like our computer yep. would take up an entire room and now you have it at your fingertips. Um, so the, the create, the creativity, like I can come up with some great stuff, but I may not know how to execute it where the AI is helping me put it into an ex- executable mode, if that makes sense. No, for sure. Absolutely. It's uh, what I think I just shared it. It's AI is not going to take your job. A human being using AI is going to take your job. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. If, yeah. if you're not, and, and that's the thing, if you notice in our industry, uh, the rainmakers of the past were very belly to belly, glitzy, you know, photos, you know, whatever. Right. Um, not really providing value. I don't think, um, where you can leverage AI to actually provide substance to what you're putting out there. Right. Um, yep. and a lot of people in our industry don't want to take the time to learn something new. I mean, that's to me, that's just foolish. That's silly. Like if you, you know, everybody says, Oh, if the wheel ain't broken, don't fix it. No, it, you, you, it's not that you're fixing the wheel. You're just making it better. Right. You're, you're turning into a, a ski or a hovercraft or whatever. Right. Like, I yep. mean, You've got to be able to, and you want to be a trendsetter. You know, you want to be a trailblazer. You don't want to be a follower because by the time you follow, it's like surfing, right? You catch the wave at the right point, you leave, right? Otherwise it passes right by you and then, then you're trying to catch it and it'll never happen. So, um, so yeah, that's, I think we've always prided ourselves on that as always being sometimes a little too early, but that's okay. Cause being a little too early is actually better because it gives you a chance to fine tune it and tweak it to where once you understand it, boom, you can really roll with it. So uh, but yeah, I, I, if you're not leveraging AI, I think that's a big miss, no matter what industry you're in. So, yep, for sure, man. All right, well, I know we're coming down to the end here. Um, I guess if you were to look at in business, real estate, lending, whatever it is, what would be like your biggest takeaway? What would you want to leave leave listeners with? Like, what is the the pearl mic drop that you you would have for them? So, uh, I was just having this discussion with a person the other day, um, one of my colleagues. I think real estate and mortgage or lending um, is a great way to make a great income, a living and a lifestyle. But believe it or not, I think it's the bottom rung of the ladder. I think once you master both of those branding and being a person of connectivity or like a consultant and connecting people is where we call the stupid money comes in, right? The true wealth building. So you build your foundation on what you know, and you build, you bring people with you to where they can do the same. But then by doing that, now you become a connector of dots, right? Um, and you know, that is where I think a lot of value comes in people. There's people that are paid very well just to be a connector. Right. Um, yeah. and, and we're starting to see that. So, and then when you can tie those all together, it's awesome personally. Right. But then it's when you can share that with someone and build a team and show them to do it the same way, because now you're empowering them, they're learning. And then you're also teaching them to do the same. Cause let's, let's be honest. I turned 50 in three weeks, right? Dang. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, when I'm 60, if I have built this right, you know, I will have hopefully brought people onto where they will surpass anything that I've ever done, but I will still have created a residual, um, lifestyle and income to support the things that I want to do and, and go out and enjoy life as well. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, and you know, that's where we're headed. You know, we're, we're getting like, as you know, we, we, we met with Clayton and 
we're going to start Task Force Realty as well and follow up under the EXP model and, and be part of the collab and all that. And, uh, you know, recruit other agents, realtors out there that enjoy doing business the way that we do. And then, uh, you know, plus all my involvement with like the, you know, veteran service organizations. That's the other thing. Like, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but one of the big things is once you've pretty much made your foxhole, you know, you made your, your thing, there's only so much money that you can spend. There's only so many things that you can spend money on. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, how do I improve my community? How do I get involved? And, you know, I, I thank my wife for really bringing that to me, you know, literally over eight years ago saying, babe, let's get involved with some of these things and help other people because remember what it was like when we were in their shoes. Right. So it's, it's not necessarily just giving something it's providing an opportunity or, giving them a, a, a jump start, you know, you know, advice, guidance, you know, mentorship, all that. Right. So I want, when I die, you know, my legacy will be, he took over the world, but he helped people build the world together. Right. Like, I mean, and, you know, always improve the foxhole and help them improve theirs. Right. And that's, that's really what it is when you can do that. And you, you literally change people's lives to where, wow, like that just makes you feel awesome. Right. Like you're like, okay, yep. we're doing the right thing. Boom. Boom. That's it, man. <laughs> All right, Jason. Well, thank you very much, bro. Uh, we'll have more of these, you know what I mean? We'll, yeah. we'll have another one. We'll dive, we'll dive deep into, you know, all the affiliates and, you know, organizations that you're building up and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do more of a deep dive on that session. So uh, again, without further ado, Jason Scott, thank you listeners for coffee for closers. Cause the coffee is for closers. <laughs> I love it. All right, brother. You take care, man. Enjoyed this episode of Coffee for Closers? Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents. <laughs>